The views expressed in the podcast you are about to listen to are the opinions of the presenter and the cast. None of us are official representatives of the companies we work for, and we are in no way responsible for what we say. If you are offended or otherwise afflicted by these opinions, please push the unsubscribe button in iTunes and go do something else. Today is September 14th, an election day in Norway, and this is the Animation Conversation Weekly Podcast for September 16th, 2009. I'm Erdal Saxel. And my name is Morten Överli. And we will be guiding you through this show. This week on Animation Conversation Weekly, Japrek is ready with a book review on Bill Pete, the guy who boarded the whole 101 Dalmatians and the Sword in the Stone. And our animated feature of this week is Don Bluth's uh, An American Tale. But first, here's this week's Animation Conversation news. There's been a Disney convention this week called D23 or D23, and uh, Disney have been busy. There's a, Not only is there a new trailer out for The Princess and the Frog, and there's an, um, some other announcements that I'm going to talk about later in the news, but... Um, there's this one piece I got really excited. I'm a huge Muppets fan, and um, they're now developing a new Muppet movie, which has the current title, The Cheapest Muppet Movie Ever Made. And the screenplay, and this has also got me really excited, is by the guy, um, the the main star in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Have you seen this movie, Alan? Yeah. It's a really funny movie. It's, uh, it's with great. Jason Segel. Uh, he also plays in I Love You, Man. Uh, and if you remember in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, he, um, the character in the movie makes a vampire Muppet musical, which is hysterical and really funny. Um, so this is a really good good news. Hmm. Cool. And just on a side note, because there's so many cool news this week, um, there's also a new teaser trailer for How to Train Your Dragon. Just thought I'd mention that. Uh, we'll post it on the show notes. Great. And as another side note, uh, you should probably follow Disney on Twitter because uh, they they tweet about ten times a day, and uh, it's a lot of great stuff. So you can keep track on what they're doing. Uh, in other news, uh, Animation Insider reports that uh, Babar, the seed, uh, the um, the elephant, is uh, coming out as a CG animated. Uh, series oh my god <laughs> and it looks terrible <laughs> um it's scheduled there's for... there's clips of it i don't know there, there's no clips but there's uh there's um, a poster um but uh, this is they, they just started production and it's uh being scheduled to be broad, broadcast in fall 2010 and maybe spring 2011 i'm just just Baba is one of those designs that looks really sweet, nice, because it's flat and it's 2D. It should and be 2D. Yes. I'm yeah. j- I'm not to be prejudiced, but... <laughs> they, they did a bunch of uh, uh, animated television series in the late 80s and through the early and mid-90s. 
and they also made a couple of movies um, maybe even more than two I, I can't remember or I haven't read up on this but um, I know they did Bobard the movie in 1989 and uh, it looks great as a 2D uh, animation and it definitely shouldn't be done in 3D <laughs> but you know it might be good uh, uh, we've it, been pr- proven wrong before so uh, but just yeah. my first thoughts are uh oh also, my hunch is <clears throat> that it's not going to be great but they're uh, they're making 26 episodes and it's a co-production between uh, a studio in um, in Canada uh, called Chorus uh, Chorus uh, Nelvana Studio and uh, the Team 2 Studio that's based in France and I know uh, Baba is quite popular in France over on Cartoon Broom you can read uh, there's a, a YouTube clip about um, how the Roadrunner um, cartoon series came about it's Ooh. with uh, Mar- it's told by Martha Siegel Siegel is this the old lady that that talked yeah, about yeah, yeah. Bugs Bunny a few oh, weeks ago? I I don't know about the Bugs Bunny thingy, um, but uh, there's some really nice uh, anecdotes and stories in there, and I'm a huge, 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 huge Roadrunner fan. I mean, <laughs> it's probably one of the most genius animated series of all time. It absolutely um, is. It's it's so clever. It's and it's it's one of those with they've stripped away all the fluff, and it's just you the the premise, and it's. Oh, the timing and the, the animation and designs. Uh, she tells you about, well, like one of the examples she talks about is how they came up, up with uh, the, the roadrunner saying beep beep when he's um, running about. And it's just all these small, fun stories. Um, yeah. It's definitely worth checking out. She is great. And you should check out uh, the other post uh, she did. I, I don't know if she's done more than two, but she did did one on, I think it was Bugs Bunny or might have been Daffy Duck, but I think it was Bugs Bunny, and it's quite interesting. Uh, so, uh, at the New York Times Daily News, uh, they report that King of the Hill airs its last episode this Sunday. You're a big King of the Hill fan, right? I'm guessing. Mm, no. <laughs> I, I've watched a few episodes back in the day, but uh, I haven't seen one in probably 10 years. And I thought it was, uh, it's kind of a strange humor. This was done by uh, Greg Daniels and Mike Judge, which you might know from <laughs> the BBC, <laughs> but <laughs> cartoons, yeah, <laughs> back in the, um, the olden days at, uh, on MTV. Um, gaga, gaga. Sorry. <laughs> and it's been Hard running for back. 13 seasons now, and I guess it's just about time to uh, to end it. But I, I thought it was a good show. It's a, uh, it's a, um, 13 very, seasons very that's impressive what 13 seasons that's really impressive it is yeah and we have quite a few shows now that has lasted for quite a few seasons it seems like all these uh, animated shows uh, tend to last longer than your average uh, sitcom so the good thing is if you actually get to produce the show you're going to keep running for quite a quite some time yeah so there's been this disney convention and um Another piece of news that got me excited is that Guillermo del Toro is going to be teaming up with Disney. and One of my cre- favorite directors. He's, and they've created a new animation label called Disney Double Dare You. Um, and uh, the cool thing is del Toro will be producing all the films, it says at Slash Film, under the banner and directing some projects. And their first feature will be Troll Hunters, which del Toro... It's del Toro, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, it's supposed to be based on original, an original, sorry, an original story that he wrote. 
Hmm. So, um, looking forward to that. Well, what's this uh, Disney Double Dare yet all about? That's it's like a. I'm guessing it's a label where they can produce um, unconventional stuff. More unconventional stuff for audiences, not just family movies, but maybe more for uh, older teenagers, um, grown-ups. Wow. Sounds great. Yeah, it sounds about time. That's really exciting. And, uh, you know, Del Toro is such such a genius uh, filmmaker. So that might be... That's that's probably going to be really great. I hope. Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth is... Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And I also like the Hellboy movies quite a lot. I mean, but the thing with the Hellboy movies... I mean, they're like a visual monster feast. But the stories are... It's, you forget the story as soon as you leave the theater. I mean, yeah, but it, it's great action. It's great to look at. It's, yeah. Gorgeous. A lot of fun. Um, in, in yet uh, other news, uh, Ice Age 3. We've been talking about this. This is, yeah, this is the third time. This <laughs> is like a running story. But we had to follow up on this because uh, uh, it turns out Ice Age 3 has become number the, the number three highest grossing movie of all time. That's insane. Yeah, that's That is insane. actually insane. Yeah. I'd, never, I'd never have guessed. Yeah. It's it is insane. It, first, it passed uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, which is I think it's the second uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie, or is it the third? I think I, it's I think it's the third. I'm not sure. I, I stopped following that franchise after the first movie. First one's great. Second one's okay. Third one is shit. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't watch the second one, uh, so <laughs> I can't imagine the third one. <laughs> uh, how bad that would be. Um, but anyway, it, it passed that, and then um, it passed uh, the Harry Potter movie. That I think it was the second one. It's called The Sorcerer's Stone. Or is that the first one? I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, so uh, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> Sorry about that. But anyway, it's, it's up third to, place of it's, all it's time? It's up to $660 million worth. That's quite a lot. I don't know if uh, Europe is counted uh, and, or the rest of the world is counted in this... Uh, top list but um you know 660 million dollars um, so it's not even close to titanic uh that's like 1.25 billion dollars but <laughs> <laughs> it's like how much is 1.2 billion dollars it's just insane it's a lot of money and, and it's uh but it's creeping up on lord of the rings the king the return of the king and that that's 742 millions and i don't think it's going to beat that but it's quite close close but they're, they're, this is just cinema, like money, revenue from the cinema tickets, not DVD yeah, sales, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and also as a follow-up, because we were wondering about this, how Up was doing. It's actually sold $450 million worth of tickets, that's according to bad. Wikipedia. So that, that's that's really good. It's um, I think it's, it's close to passing uh, Incredibles as the most successful um, movie they ever did. And Up is having a nationwide release here in Norway pretty soon. Very excited about that. Yes, it actually had a pre-release. Oh, this, or not a pre-release, but you know, they they showed it this Sunday, I think. But it was no. in Nor- yeah, but it was in Norwegian. Phew. Dubbed to Norwegian, so I kind of skipped out on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm saving it up for the English version. Definitely. Um. But we should move on now. Uh, it's time for our uh, top animated uh, feature of the week. And this week it's uh, Steven Spielberg presents an American tale. 
It's, di it's directed by Don Bluth and it was made in the year 1986. Steven Spielberg presents a Don Bluth film. The story of a little lost boy in a big new world. So A story that will live in your heart forever. An American tale, rated G. Starts Friday at select theaters. I thought just uh, mentioning as a side note, which this I thought was kind of funny. It's written by David Kirshner, uh, who's also the producer of the Child's Play series. You remember Chucky? <laughs> oh, I never saw that. You never saw Chucky? No, I saw it in the in the you know the the at the video store they had the the VHS yeah, with the Chucky, and I, yeah. I I was never old enough to to rent it when I wanted to see it. And when I was past eight, eight, 18, I wasn't interested anyway. <laughs> so the thought of killer dolls doesn't fascinate you. I would probably see it today, but it's, <laughs> it's probably horrible, isn't it? It's probably good after a few beers. To be honest, <laughs> I don't remember much. I was like 14 when I saw it. So I'll just give a short recap of um, an American tale. I'll do the IMDb short, short, short version because the movie is so fragmented. It's kind of hard to, well, Anyways, just give it a go. So, Fievel is um, traveling with his family to America. They're from Russia. And uh, America is a land of promise. And they think there's no cats in America. Um, Fievel is separated from his family on the boat trip due to a storm. Uh, he arrives in America all by himself. Um, he's looking for his family. Along the way, he makes new friends and runs into and dodges cats that he thought were didn't exist in America. So, that's basically... Uh, Short, short, short version of an American tale. So, Alan, your thoughts? Um, you know, I, I told you last time that I, I saw this movie when I was a kid. This, this was one of the first movies I saw at the cinema. I was, I guess, eight or nine years old. I don't know when, when this came out in Norway. I guess it was probably a year later here than in 87, the 87, I guess. Yeah, probably. So I was probably nine years old. And I absolutely love this movie. I, I remember uh, going home from the cinema and uh, and singing the songs and uh, uh, I just I love this movie and and it's it's quite a beautiful movie the animation is really slick and the backgrounds are just amazing some of the best backgrounds I've seen and uh, you know um, I uh, I saw it again and it has quite a few problems <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I mean, th I was just saying that. When so is the praise gonna end? I mean, there's there's so much good to be said about this movie because it it looks really good and um, it's kind of dark, it's dramatic, it it's got uh, really nice uh, color schemes and backgrounds, as I said. Uh, I like the sound design. I I like um, uh, at least a few of the voices. Some of them aren't that good, um, uh, but the. The whole package is just too darn cute, and <laughs> it gets dull because it's really predictable. The story, the story is really the problem here. It's predictable and it's really linear. It's no ups and downs. It's just a straight story, and you can predict everything that's going to happen. My main problem with this movie is it seems very, it seems really fragmented. Like it's basically yeah. an uh, fifty like short pieces uh string together and suddenly there's 
they force in another sequence and then they force it in a sequence after that and it just it's yeah it doesn't let the that's story what i meant flow. by linear really yeah. yeah it's there's no flow in the story it no. just seems really forced really fragmented and it's it's inspired by a lot of classic movies like disney's pinocchio and uh, the english movie oliver and you, you know any disney story really really and it has uh, some good gags but it's it's not really funny it it has some funny animation it's like i really like the band when that was playing when they yeah, were walking up the rope, up the, up the rope there to the <clears throat> into the boat and there's quite a few things like that but you know don bluth is is always a bit or he he's boring <laughs> isn't it <laughs> well i think he's uh animated that sh- series are great like the space ace and the dragon lair but yeah. for the movies i don't know there's just something about them that i they it doesn't work it's not as it doesn't work as well as it it just has these flaws that bring you out of the story um I totally agree with you. I mean, some of the animation is really outstanding, and and the color palettes at places are really beautiful. Um, yeah. To me, the thing that stood out is actually the the the, the sound the the score is by James Horner. Um, hmm. It was nominated for an Oscar, and they won a, a Grammy for one of the songs in the movie. The one hmm. with uh, Feeble and his sister are singing on their rooftops. Yeah. Uh, such that's such a heartbreaking uh, song, and it's. It, songs was... are really beautiful but i'm not I, I don't like the score very much you know the background music it doesn't seem to fit yeah. the movie it takes you i disagree to a I, different I, place I like, yeah it might that might be true but i like i like it uh it's it feels really big the score and it's it's really beautiful to me the yeah, it is cast... beautiful it, it's beautiful on its own but i i think i don't i don't think it fits the movie i was actually thinking about saying the same as you're saying that the, the score was really beautiful, but and I thought it was beautiful, but it didn't fit the movie. Then you decided to disagree. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I, I thought a second time about that, and I, and I realized that it didn't make the movie any better. It was just like uh, a, a score from a different movie put on top of this movie. It felt like that. I so, can agree on that. Yeah. But the voice casting of Feeble is, it's perfect. Um, yeah, the he's voice really cute. is so cute. Bye bye. Uh, <laughs> and I really enjoyed Dom DeLuise's Tiger in this. I thought yeah. he, he did a good job as well. He's always great, and he's he's in all those uh, Don Bluth movies. I think okay. he's one of the uh, one of the voices that are in all those. But uh, not a. I mean, maybe we should talk about rating these, like putting it in the list, just to kind of give it some kind of score, if you will. Yeah. Um, should I? <laughs> Did you want to go first, or should I? I could go first. Um, okay. I think this is this is better than Vampire Hunter D. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is better than Vampire Hunter D. But no, uh, no uh, oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to regret my South Park. Uh, <laughs> it's too far down. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's above uh, Vampire Hunter D, and it's uh, it's it's not uh, anywhere near Aladdin. I thankfully you said that. Um, I'd say the same as you. Actually, it's better than Vampire Hunter D, but I'd rate it below South Park. Yeah, it's just this movie. It it's, uh, it could be so beautiful, and and yeah. it just falls. It has apart. the most amazingly hand-painted cells I've seen in a while. It's really beautiful. Uh, so it's such a shame, and that's 
That's like this Don Bluth syndrome. It's, <laughs> it's beautiful to look at and everything yeah. is perfect, except the story isn't really working. But there's a few things I wanted to uh, kind of talk about uh, or at least mention. Go ahead. Um, there's quite a few uh, uh, rotoscoped scenes there. Yeah, that's true, actually. With the uh, humans. Yeah. And and that's one thing. That's, that's okay, I guess. Uh, making it cheaper and looking better uh, <laughs> for the background characters, the humans. Um, but uh, also, they did a lot of uh, film clips that they saturated. And I don't know if they drew above or like on top of it or something like that but it, the monster mouse from minsk the monster mouse from minsk that's one example and yeah. there's there's some buckets that are um in the movie that's rotating and stuff like that the bird cage uh, all of those things were filmed yeah. and uh, and put on top of the animation or uh, you but, know you i, I know, don't know the techniques but i i didn't to me it didn't I thought ruin that was cool. It, ruin anything? It didn't bother it, me at all. No, me neither. It's, if it so, works, it works. I just wanted to mention it. That's because it's uh, it's probably one of the last movies where they did that because they started using computers in the late uh, '80s and especially Disney. They pioneered the computers. I actually like the the visual style they got from because they have. It seems like it's printed. Uh, the the blacks are like insanely black <laughs> the the lines are really thick and it and it, it, it looked really nice even yeah. though it looked a bit different from the the actual drawn characters and uh, and the animated characters in the backgrounds it, it still really really looks really it had an interesting look to it yeah so i guess that's uh it for this week's movie review um we should move on to Yaprak's little book review section. And uh, she's got a re- really nice tweet for us this week. Um, Bill Pete, a brilliant Disney man, uh, did an autobiography, which is called Bill Pete and Autobiography. Here's Yaprak. Hello, everybody. This is Yaprak Muralov for your book review corner. Today, I would like to talk to you about Bill Pete's autobiography. I accidentally came upon this book last year while I was um, working on a storyboard and uh, was looking for inspirations on the internet. This is not an art book. You will not find fantastic illustrations, nor colors, nor detailed character designs. Bill Pete uh, was a writer and illustrator for Disney, and he was also a great children book uh, writer and illustrator. This book is his own biography, written for children and illustrated in a very simple storyboard-looking style, black and white, everything, and it's 190 pages. So it starts uh, with his childhood and how much he loved to draw animals, he, uh, how much he always sketched animals in relatives' farms or at the zoo. And um, he, he had a very hard time at school because he, he wouldn't listen the lessons he would always illustrate in his sketchbooks and afterwards he would sell them they were very popular among his friends he wanted um, then he went to art school and after art school he wanted to remain a painter and to make illustration books about animals but it was right after the war and uh, times were very difficult financially he wanted to get married with um, this lady he met at the art school, but they did not, he did not have a job. So then when he heard about Disney hiring, he just went to L.A. to try it out. So all this and the tryouts at Disney, everything is very nicely, detailedly written in this book. So he managed the tryouts and he joined Disney in 37 as an in-betweener. He thought it was extremely boring. 
And at the time, the studio was looking for ideas for Pinocchio. So they would always ask um, people to contribute in an idea box. And they would pay, of course, extra money for those ideas that they would accept. And Bill Pitt contributed with a lot of uh, crazy character designs for Pinocchio, hoping that they would be accepted. And then he started waiting for it to happen and continued doing uh, in-betweens. He waited, waited, and nothing happened. So at the end, when uh, a guy came along to him with a whole new pile of Donald Ducks that needed to be in between, he just became crazy and started uh, yelling, no more lousy ducks, and he left the studio like that. And he came back the day after to pick up his jacket, and he found an envelope, and he thought, oh, good, they're probably firing me. But it was actually an envelope saying that his monsters were approved and that uh, he would start working in uh, the feature film department. So he started working with the under other people for Pinocchio, but uh, all the sequences he worked on were cut off from the movie at the end. He worked on Fantasia, but he thought it was extremely boring. He doesn't like to work in groups, mainly that's probably the reason. He did the uh, character designs for Cinderella. He did the um, storyboarding a lot for Sleeping Beauty. And in fact, he did the sequence when uh, the princess meets the prince in the woods and when he showed it to Walt Disney, Walt Disney was not satisfied with it, and he asked him to change it. Then he came back one week later, but Bill Pitt had not changed anything because he couldn't find a better way to express that. And Walt Disney got so upset with him that he sent him downstairs to work on a peanut butter commercial with Peter Pan characters. So he stayed there at the commercial department for TV for two months, and at the end he was so board that he stubbornly decided to go back to his room and he did and there he was like okay I need a job now to get back into this and um, and yeah during this time Bill Pitt had two sons and uh, he would always tell them bedtime stories very different and nice bedtime stories and now when he went back to his room and he needed an idea he decided to uh, develop one of those ideas one of those stories he used to tell his sons, and it was about Goliath the tiny elephant. So he wrote down a script and showed it to Walt Disney on the hallway, and Walt was like, oh, cute story. Why don't we make a film out of it? And they did, and it became a success. And uh, there he started being a writer and illustrator, one of the top ones at Disney. And he came up with the stories like Lambert the Sheepish Lion, Susie the Car, The Little House, Ben and Me, wonderful shorts. I think those are the best works that he has ever done. They're fantastic. And at the same time, of course, he was doing uh, story writing for uh, feature films. Like one day, Walt Disney calls him and says, uh, I left a book on your desk, please read it. And it was 101 Dalmatians. And afterwards, he asked Bill Pitt to write a whole script for the feature film. And Bill Pitt was very confused because he had never written such a script before, but he wanted to give it a try. And because he couldn't type, he had to write it by hand, the whole script. And Walt Disney loved it. And they did Dalmatians out of that. While he was at Disney, he already had started publishing his own books, like uh, The Adventure of uh, Hubert, who is a lion. So even if this uh, biography is for children, it is really nicely describing his relationship with Walt Disney himself and at the studio and how he, he gets bored very fast about uh, some work at, uh, at the studio. And... Um, and all of this with the nice, sketchy illustrations uh, showing all these stories. But, uh, well, yeah, about his relationship with Walt Disney. And then he actually had to leave the studio after a quarrel with Walt Disney during the Jungle Book. 
And from then on, he became only and mainly a children's book writer and illustrator. Bill Pete died in 2002 at the age of 87. He was a member of the, the children's storybook Triumvirate with uh, Maurice Sendak and uh, Dr. Seuss. So that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed this. Please leave us some comments and uh, have an animation-full week. Goodbye. Thank you, Yap Black, for the book review. Uh, and just to mention, uh, next week we'll be watching uh, The Three Caballeros. Uh, and also next week I'm off to Cartoon Forum, which is an European shopping spree for animated cartoons. So if you have any questions or anything that you're wondering about that we could address on the show uh, about Cartoon Forum, don't hesitate to ask. Yeah, and if you agree or disagree on anything we've said during this show, maybe you want to correct us because we... We do we mistakes. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely. We don't know everything about everything. So um, please send us emails or uh, maybe even one of those uh, Skype the voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing left is to round up this week's ACP. And we'll be back, as mentioned, next week. And we have a quitter account. Quitter account. <laughs> a Twitter for quitters. Account. Yes, for quitters. It's <laughs> twitter.com slash acpnews. Yeah, and uh, our voicemail on Skype is, as always, uh, animation conversation one word. You'll find the link to that on our website. If you feel we're doing a good job and you want to support us, you can do that by pushing the donate button on our site. And if you should feel like emailing us, our email address is feedback at animationconversation.com. Don't forget to read the show notes where we put all the links related to this show. And our web address is, as always, animationconversation.com. That's it for this week's Animation Conversation Weekly. Uh, <laughs> Come on, you can do it. <laughs> Until next time, have fun and animate. <laughs>